Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and you're listening to the Versecast, the Star Citizen podcast. My name is John Abraham. And I am Gleep. Welcome to episode four of the Versecast, recorded on October 15th, 2014. This week, in a very special edition of the Versecast, we recap CitizenCon. Chris Roberts again fails to say my name, and a few other things. But first, I want to follow up on some stuff that we discussed last week. Um, I, uh, I said last week that I was going to do a little bit of investigation into the Elite Dangerous exploration mechanic, and I did, and I'll talk about that in the What We've Been Playing segment. But most importantly, I want to clear up something that I said about the new Reclaimer. I think I said something like it could eat a dozen constellations, which turns out to be not at all correct. So uh, it actually can only eat one constellation. Uh, You can chop up a constellation and store it in the hold. Um, A Bengal, for comparison purposes, a Bengal-class carrier weighs in at roughly 1,400 constellations. And uh, an interesting fact that I uncovered when going back and looking at this is that Chris Robert had reported in his September 30th newsletter, or letter from the chairman, that enough reclaimers had been sold to eat three Bengals. So if you do the math there, you have three Bengals times 1,400 constellations equals 4200 at $350 each. We raised roughly a million four hundred and seventy thousand at uh, halfway through the sale. So, and that was just off of reclaimers. Just off of reclaimers. So, uh, oh my god, it is it is truly amazing. Um, That's crazy. I I assumed that they could eat more than just a Connie. Yeah, I guess. Um, well, I guess a constellation is pretty big, and the reclaimer is, um, uh, though it is bigger than a constellation, uh, you have to have room for all the other stuff. I guess all the machinery. So, yeah, yeah, I I did too. I thought that you could, you know, it was like aluminum cans. You could just squish them up and keep throwing <laughs> throwing them in the bag, and yeah, but apparently not. So anyway, got that cleared up. So um, now, well, that 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 kind of. Um... I guess that limits my vision for the uh, Reclaimer. I assumed that you could go out and just pick up a ton of ships, but you're only picking up one Connie. I guess that, that'll mean you're, you'll be making more trips than I assumed. Yeah, I guess that's, that's, that's a good point. Um, uh, so I don't know if you're going to have to have a fleet of Reclaimers to clean up after a, a large battle, if that's, uh, if that's what you're working on or if it is going to be something where you can find a large derelict out in space if you'll be able to go back and forth and kind of make a career out of just chopping up one ship yeah the question is can it take a connie whole (laughs) no i i think you have to you have to cut the crusts off and uh and uh make it into little cubes first oh okay Yeah, but although they did, I think we did mention this last week, they were saying, or Chris was saying, that there are going to be different processes within the ship that will deal with the salvageable machinery. So, like, if there are weapons that are still intact, you'll be able to uh, disassemble those off of the ship and put them in storage separate from the scrap metal, which you will chop up and, you know, squish into a a ball. Mm Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, one other thing we forgot to mention was that uh, Caleb couldn't join us this week, and uh, hopefully he'll be able to join us next week. Yes, yes, I'm sorry we didn't mention that. Caleb, we hope you can uh, join us again soon. Yep. All right, cool. So, CitizenCon. I mean, it was uh, it was pretty pretty cool. I my wife and I had company over on Friday night, and I just went and sat in the corner with my computer and watched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was um, um it was uh, just a little bit over two hours long, and uh, my overall impression of it was that it had kind of the best stuff of ten for or ten for the chairman and Versecast all combined with a bunch of really cool visuals and uh, a couple really exciting reveals. Um, I know I had talked earlier about possibly attending, but decided at the last minute just because um, uh, I had already just come off a vacation that I wouldn't go, and now I'm really bummed that I didn't. So next year I hope it's on the North American continent, but chances are, yeah. chances are it won't be. So, oh well. Anyway. But um, uh, some of the, uh, the highlights of Versecast uh, were uh, uh, the, the schedule of things that are, are coming up, and uh, among those were version 1.0 of Arena Commander. Uh, they talked about that uh, quite a bit. And some of the features in there are, um, or some of the stuff that I found to be really interesting, was that they're, they're doing a, a pretty significant change to the CryEngine, uh, which runs uh, the game. It's, uh, they're going from 32-bit to 64-bit addressing, which um, I, don't ex- I don't understand exactly what that means. I mean, I know that they're talking about the way that they work with the processors and uh, data registers and whatnot, but uh, what it means for us uh, is that they're going to be able to uh, uh, have much, much bigger maps. Um, and Chris had explained that right now the Arena Commander maps are roughly eight kilometers, I think, from edge to edge, and that's because... If you get any further out, uh, the the engine itself can't address that space. So, um, but it, so going from 32 to 64 is not just doubling it. It's it's I think it's to the 64th power bigger. So or wow. not the 32nd power bigger. So anyway, it's going to be um, enormous maps, and so very very well, this excited. Do, about this that. doesn't mean that. The game is limited to 64-bit operating systems, does it? <clears throat> you know what? Uh, we should probably take a look at the specs. I don't. Um, did it? Did it say that? I thought it did. Well, you know what? Let's check that out and report back on that next week. Cool. I, yeah, I mean, that would seem kind of crazy because don't a lot of people still use 32-bit? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, but you know, back kind of from the beginning, Chris had said that he was really he was not going to um, be limited by uh, slower systems. I mean, it was not something like WoW where they make a conscious effort to keep the the requirement down so that more people can play. That it was really something that was intended to test the limits of what could be done with PC gaming. Um, yeah. So. Um, I guess, yeah. I got. It's not that big of an issue. No, I don't. I don't think so. I've I've been using sixty four for, for as long as I can remember. Years. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. Uh, all my computers are sixty four. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know if uh, thirty two is all that common. 
But yeah. Anyway, so that's exciting. I mean, because I I know John, you haven't played a lot in Arena Commander right now, but one of the things that I've noticed, uh, especially um, uh, with uh, my racing ships, is it I get to the edge very very quickly, and if you hit the edge, you die. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward. I think this will make uh, games like Capture the Core um, a lot more um, a lot more fun because you'll have a lot more room to move. So. Yeah, so we can uh, look forward to more campers. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, a couple of the other things, or one of the other things that they discussed was that there's going to be a lobby system for uh, uh, improving matchmaking, and there's also it's also going to tie into uh, the way orgs work. Uh, they were I forget the name of the company that's in Montreal, I believe. It's Turbulent. Turbulent is the company that is managing or doing something with the. Uh, uh, mechanic that handles organizations and there's going to be so there's going to be a lobby system which will allow for for getting together with other people in your organization or people on your on a friends list that will um, uh, be a lot simpler than the uh, private match mechanic which uh, we still can't seem to work now or make work yeah. right now but yeah this will be way better yeah yeah i mean it's i mean because you think about um uh, we'll get to this more in what we've been playing, but John and I have been playing uh, the new Borderlands uh, the last couple of days, and it's it's so simple just to like go and launch the game, and whenever your friend logs on, they just come and join you. You know, it's yeah. it, it's seamless. You know, and um, the problem with uh, with uh, private matchmaking is that it's not seamless and uh, frequently doesn't uh, doesn't work at all. So. At least, and you have to generate a code for every game. Yeah, you have to, re- and you have to remember it or write it down because it goes away. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's just. But you know, it's pre-alpha, so um, yeah. I mean, it's you know, I, I'm. It's it's best to be uh, thankful for what it is that we have rather than uh, than yep. uh, curse the darkness, as it were. Yeah. I suppose. So I, I mean, really, the arena commander to me at this point is. I guess the the game as a whole is just a stopgap. Mm-hmm. Like I really I don't play it to get a ton of enjoyment out of it because I know that it's gonna be buggy mm-hmm. and and um I I guess recently I've had the mentality of just waiting for games to be more done before playing them. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Citizen is just <laughs> I'm just so excited for it though. I do want to get in there and play arena commander it's just i can't wait for the day that it's done yeah yeah i think uh, i think version 1.0 which is supposed to be out before the end of this year uh, is going to be a much different experience than what we have now Um, yeah so it's because i think right now it's kind of uh it really caters to people that um are are okay with just going in and playing by themselves. And if they're able to hook up with somebody else, then that's fine. I know that that's been my experience in the Murray cup racing module is I will go in and, uh, initiate a public match or initiate a join to a public match. And then I'll wait in the starting tube for a minute or two. And if no one joins me, then I just, I just punch out and do a couple laps, uh, in the drone sim. And I think yeah. probably for folks that are doing uh, the uh, the dogfighty stuff, that's probably you know the way that it's got to work for them too. So you know, yeah. But I, I guess I I kind of have a problem with games that 
are that feel unfinished. I shouldn't say I have a problem with the game. I have a problem playing it. Yeah. Uh, I would I would prefer to wait until it feels more done and, and it works. Uh, you know, I don't I don't condemn the game at all. I I just prefer to give it more time. Uh, I guess Daisy is one of those one of those games. I I bought into that one and it still feels so unfinished after like over a year of development. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm just I guess I'm to the point where I like to wait until games are finished without any game breaking bugs. And Star Citizen is almost there, almost there for me with Arena Commander. Yeah, and I think it's it's also you you can almost burn yourself out on a game, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, burn yourself out on a game if um, if you're you know in there battling with it, you know, and and uh, fighting the bugs, and then when the thing's finally released, you're just kind of like ah, you know, I've been there, I've done that. So there's, yeah, there's a there's a balance. I mean, I'm not playing it exclusively, but when I play it, I do have fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when we raced uh, the other day, it was it was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool, and um, you know, and of course the, the graphics, you know, the mechanic, the gameplay mechanic may be uh, uh, dicey, but the, the graphics are beautiful. So it's, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's fun even just to log into your hangar and just walk around your ship. You know, yeah. I mean, that's um, so you know. And what does that say about a game if it's fun just to go look at your ship? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so other stuff that's coming in version 1.0, um, there's going to be, uh, big changes to, uh, speaking of, of the Murray Cup, uh, big changes to the New Horizon Speedway, and it was unclear what that meant. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be more courses, longer courses, um, if there's, if they're going to initiate the other racing style where you have, uh, weapons hot for certain portions of the track, um, but <clears throat> I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, that's that's going to be fun. Then uh, there's also going to be some enhancements to missiles and countermeasures in the the dogfighting modules, um, and then also uh, uh, in in for that kind of gameplay, uh, new mechanics uh, involving uh, emissions management and signature concealment and uh, uh, all that stuff that I don't worry about so much in, in the racing. You know where are you have your power to your shields you have your power to the engines this is, i have all everything to my engines and i just go so which mm-hmm. but i know that if you're going to be a successful dogfighter you have to um, be able to manage that stuff so um that's uh, you folks have that to look forward to yeah and uh, then also um speaking of the visuals they're going to do some major improvements to the spectator and uh, cinematic cameras and so i guess that there's going to be is there a spectator mode in there now, I haven't noticed one. I haven't seen one either. But that would be a lot of fun, you know. And I, yeah, I think the way uh, Chris Roberts described it was, um, uh, you know, being able to take your uh, your new eight ninety jump yacht off uh, to uh, some race, uh, you know, to Monaco, for instance, and you know, just sort of pull up and. Uh, and then watch uh, watch the championship, the Murray Cup championship races from the deck of your yacht. You know, how cool, <laughs> cool that would be! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm personally interested in this because I would like to do some machinima stuff. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so I I hope they put uh you know features that 
I could do something like that with, like, uh, something like a Star Trek type series within Star Citizen. I think that'd be kind of neat. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. That'd be cool. And I, I, th- I think that they're pretty savvy too. They're about uh, the community and that they want to give the community tools to create content, which in you know, like with Minecraft, which in the end, you know, will do nothing but help sell the game. Yeah, true. So, um, so that that should be uh, that should be fun too. Um, and then leaderboard improvements was the other main thing they talked about, and uh, I hope that that happens soon because um, I have not for some reason I've been racing and racing and racing, but yet my stats don't update on the leaderboard. So, hmm. um, you know, but again pre alpha, so I'm not yep. not going to complain too much. Um, let's see. They also there was there's a new ship. Uh, there is a well, actually it's not a, a new ship. It's uh, some new variants on an old ship. Uh, there was uh, they had and they had a commercial for it, the new Cutlass, uh, which is now coming in uh, three variants. And uh, the commercial they did was was really really cool. I know you got a chance to see it, John. Um, yep. And uh, we got to see our first uh, uh, Vanduul uh, bad guy in in action, and he was pretty funny. And um, and one thing that Chris mentioned was that because uh, I'm not gonna, I hope I'm not spoiling this for anybody, but at the end the big reveal is that the pilot is actually uh, female. And uh, Chris mentioned that it was Sandy Gardner who did the mocap for the uh, for the pilot. So uh, all you Sandy Gardner fans, uh, uh, you you got that to watch over and over again. <laughs> was that um? Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, was that was that the first time we've seen a female character in the game? Um, you know, I don't know. I don't I think it might be. That could be. It was, it was pretty cool. It, it was it was kind of like a Samus Aran kind of reveal. Yeah, yeah. It was. I you know, and, and I thought the whole thing was uh, uh, put together very well. The um. You know, there there was it was sort of over the top and a little bit cheesy, but you know, it was, yeah, it was in the, you know, the bad guys beating on the inside of his cockpit, you know, because he's getting uh-huh. pissed off because he's get you know the the pilot is mocking him, and yeah. and uh, and I just noticed on the website today that they have released the that commercial in uh, was it Spectrovision in three D? What's it What's it called? Uh, oh, okay. Stereo stop stereo scopic 3d and i don't know what what sort of gear do you need to be able to view that do you have to have an oculus to to see that any Um, any idea maybe with the like the nvidia 3d vision which is it's like a module that you plug into your computer and uh active shutter 3d glasses oh okay um so like have you ever gone to a 3D movie at the IMAX? Yeah. Yeah, you can get that kind of thing for your computer. Oh, okay. Um, so maybe that's what it is, plus Oculus, of course. But I well, think that's that's probably what it is. Well, the thing that's interesting is that, in you know, check out the uh, YouTube video, but it's actually two, two images side by side. So that's why I was wondering if it wasn't uh, something that was set up to work with a VR headset of some sort because it looks like it's got two distinct images, uh, one for each eye, I'm assuming, for most of us. Um, oh, maybe that is exclusively what it's for. I've seen YouTube has lets you upload 3D videos, and 
um, you can, there will be, if you've uploaded a 3D video, there's like a drop, uh, um, like, like the gear that lets you change the settings on YouTube or the, the quality setting. Uh-huh. There will be another one of those that says 3D on it, and you can change the 3D modes. Mm-hmm. And there's one of them that just puts the video side by side, and I think you're supposed to like cross your eyes and look at it really close to the screen, and you would see 3D. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know who can do that. I've tried it, but I I've never been able to do it. Oh man, I I, I can't think of a better recipe for a headache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, well, anyway, it's it's out there, and I'm, I'll bet you it's that much more awesome in uh, 3D. So yeah, um, and I've got a a little personal reveal uh, to drop on you here. Um, I went ahead and got a Cutlass Red. What? <laughs> yes, I did. I didn't even know about this. No, no, I was saving it for the show. I wow. I um I was uh, I was saving up for the. Uh, the Drake Herald, the information runner, um, uh-huh. just because, you know, I like to fly fast and go places and, you know, make some money doing it perhaps. And um, I was listening to um, another podcast and they were talking about the, one of the um, the recent stretch goals, we got a new uh, ship, the hospital ship, um, which um, it's the MISC Endeavor class research platform. And uh, which I had seen at first in one of the previous polls and was not all that excited about it. I was just kind of like, you know, I don't know, because it's it's like a science vessel. It's a hospital ship. It's like, you know, it sounds just a little bit too nerdy. But then yeah. the, the way this guy. But then you went, but then you went and bought an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because this um, this ship will it will house one of the Cutlass Reds. So I'll be able to put the Cutlass Red into the uh, hospital ship and then go take it out. And um, uh, the what, But what kind of sold me on it was that uh, these guys were talking about how this is sort of the richest gameplay uh, vessel that they've sort of released or, you know, discussed to this point. You know, they're talking about all the different things that you can do with this and actually participate in game. And if you think about it, you know, all those guys that are into the dogfighting, um, when we have these big epic space battles, they're going to they're going to create jobs for ambulance drivers and for hospitals. Yeah. So, um, and the ship also does uh, search and rescue missions too. So I'm guessing I'll get to be able to drive fast on those. Uh, but anyway, I just uh, I was uh, uh, really excited about that and just went ahead and pulled the trigger. That yeah, that that actually sounds pretty neat actually, and um, the the ship is really nice looking. Yeah, it's it's. I saw it in my hangar, but I wasn't able to figure out how to get the door open. So I don't know if there was a, a little bug or or, or huh. what. But um, I'm gonna go out there a little bit later on and see if I can actually get get the door open. <laughs> so. How big is this thing compared to the like the constellation? It uh, lengthwise, I'm not really sure. It's about the same size uh, footprint wise as my freelancer. Oh, okay. And it, it does. It has a, a crew of two, and then it has a, um, a med bay area where I think it has uh, ten ten hospital beds um, inside there, and and something which ten. is ten. Yeah, which wow. which is really cool, and uh, an auto dock which. 
uh, is supposed to allow me to, uh, you know, begin working on patients as soon as I get them on board. So I'm going to, I'm going to be a doctor, mom. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the technical specs on RSI says it has a crew of four. Oh, you know what? I, I just know there's two pilot seats. That's uh, that's interesting. Okay, maybe huh? there must be room in the back. Yeah, the other the other Cutlass variants have a crew of three, so this one must have an extra. Uh, what are, what are they called? EMT. Yeah. EMT seat or something. Yeah, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not sure, but um, I guess you'll and you'll be able to probably hire. NPCs to do the whatever job that is that uh, I'm guessing like there'll be like a, a nurse or a doctor or something that yeah. will, will be attending to it. But anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm real excited. I mean, it was, um, it was uh, the uh, 57 million stretch goal. And um, uh, I just thought, you know, that that's, there's always going to be battles because it's a space sim. So, um, yeah. you know, I don't know how many, missions there are going to be for running information you know so maybe maybe if once the game launches it turns out that there are a lot of those missions then that would be a ship that i could work towards uh saving up money to to buy in game but yeah it'll be nice to be able to sort of hit the ground running with a a, a ship that has uh, jobs pretty much built in yeah i love how much they're putting into non-dog fighting stuff yeah yeah I, I I think so because I, I you you think that that's always going to draw. There's always going to be people that are are going to come to the game just for that. And so um, if they can round out other positions to complement that, then um, I think that that goes a long way towards making the game better. Yeah, and to per- be perfectly honest, <laughs> almost everything other than dogfighting is more exciting to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know. It's just, it's really, it's kind of funny, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't... But, but yeah, that's the great thing about Star Citizen is that I think it's going to cover all the bases. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be, it's going to be a simulation environment. And there's just going to be room for people to do um, all kinds of different things and to try different things. You know, maybe at some point, you know, some aspects of dog fighting will become more appealing in the context of the larger universe. But, mm-hmm. but, you know, like right now, essentially just doing a, uh, an arena death match in ships doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. Did, did they, did this concept of a, an ambulance and sort of hospital sort of mechanic, was that released with the, Cutlass, or was this concept talked about before? Well, no, I, I heard about it um, on a uh, one of the podcasts that was featured on the RSI site. I just went, I think it's uh, Star Signal or something like that, um, and uh, I just you know downloaded their latest episode, and they were talking about uh, the hospital ship and how it, it had won the stretch goal and. Uh, it says in the description there that uh, you can uh, uh, carry the Cutlass Red in there. And so they were saying, you know, oh, this is really, really cool. Because I think actually one of the guys on the show is, in fact, a fireman. And so uh, the other guys were giving him a hard time and said, how long did you have to wait after this went on sale before you bought? And he says, he says I was mashing the F5 key. I had to have one <laughs> right now. 
Um, but anyway, he was real excited, and his excitement excited me. So, um, cool. you know, yeah, I'm a, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So let's see. Um, there then there's uh, the sort of the big reveal of uh, Citizen Con was the constellation in engine uh, demo of a planetary landing and some planet side content. It was just so very very cool. And I know John, you've had a chance to see this too. Yeah, it was man. Rarely do I get you know the sort of shivers when i'm watching a game reveal or something but i definitely got the got that when i when that ship came into into the atmosphere and like the music and seeing the buildings going by it was just it was like this is why i'm excited about star citizen yeah yeah, I just, I mean, it was just, I mean, couldn't you just, like, see yourself? Because you, know, you have a, a constellation. Could you just see yourself piloting yeah. piloting the ship in like that? Yeah. Yeah, I, that was so cool. So cool. Yeah. And uh, the, the planet-side stuff, I mean, was just breathtaking. You know, and it was, it yeah. was, it was all in-engine, too. Um, and there was a lot there. Yeah. It was surprising how much was there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there were NPCs walking around. There was there was voice acting. There was I mean, it looks like it's done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's just as I say, like the visuals in this game are just astounding. Yeah. Um, and, um, and and they've they've been notorious for delaying uh, releases, but when they say that, uh, didn't didn't they say that the, uh, what what was what was their release schedule? Um, planet side stuff next early next year. Yeah, they, they um, it's kind of at the end of the presentation or the end of the evening. Uh, Chris gave a roadmap uh, for the project or for the game going forward, and uh, how that kind of breaks down is before the end of this year, we're going to get Arena Commander 1.0. Um, he was someone asked, and the audience asked for an exact date, and he said, "No, nope, I'm not doing that ever again." <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he said, "He said that's our goal is we're going to get it out uh, before the end of this year, uh, and then for next year, in um, in an approximate order, he said we're going to get first the FPS module, um, which is going to be separate from Arena Commander. But I'm, I'm, if you look at the project status page on RSI, it has the first person shooter." component as being kind of like arena commander its own separate uh, portion of the game um and then after that uh planet side content with social a social module which i'm guessing is going to um include uh you know being able to get together with your your org mates or your uh friends and um i mean i'm guessing a game like this is going to have to have in-game chat of some sort uh, yeah, they've talked about that. So you'll be able to get together with people, and I guess you know, sort of hang out in in a in a, an actual city. Um, there was um, on this other podcast they were talking about. Uh, I think it was one of the Star Wars games that had something like this, uh, but I guess it didn't. It, it only worked um, okay. Um, it, it wasn't. Uh, it was a lot of people just standing around, but uh, it seems like the way that that. Uh, Cloud Imperium is is setting this up is that there's going to be stuff to do together. It's not going to be a combat sort of thing, but it's going to be like a living, breathing uh, city environment or um, 
something like that that uh, people will be able to gather in and, and uh, hang out. Um, after that, then we get Arena Commander 2.0, um, which is going to, I thought that the, the big uh, cool thing there is going to be uh, multi-crew ships. And um, so we'll be able to take your constellation out and go pew, pew, pew with it. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be really fun because that's going to bring um, uh, boarding, boarding on as well. Yeah, that's right. That's... And they've talked about capture the constellation or something where there's like one constellation and you have to board it and take over to win the match or something. Oh, that's cool. Well, there's yeah. there's that's going to be some cool FPS content right there. Yeah, it is. Oh, well, that'll be awesome. Uh, yeah, and I think they've they've also talked about putting the Idris in there as well. Wow. Actually, you know what? I think the game mode is capture the Idris. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then if you capture it, do you get do you get to take one home? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> so, um yeah, I think, you know, it'll be fun also even for smaller ships like the um uh the some of the two-seater fighters that you know you'll be able to have one person that concentrates on piloting and another person that's in a turret or uh, I just think it's going there's going to be a lot of possibilities once we allow you know friends to get together in game in the same ship and battle other people. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's going to be awesome. So that's that's coming as part of Arena Commander 2.0. Um, and then uh, by the end of next year, or in the latter part of next year, we're going to get the first chapter of Squadron 42, which uh, Chris was very excited about. Um, he went on uh, uh, for quite a while describing how cool and immersive this uh, this portion of the uh, Star Citizen experience is going to be. Um, he said that it's going to be... Um, 50 plus hours of gameplay and that the gameplay is going to be as high or of higher fidelity than any next gen AAA title. And, you know, I don't, I, I've just been following this since uh, early in the summer, but um, in all the stuff that I've seen uh, from Chris Roberts, he doesn't really strike me as a guy that, that, you know, promises stuff that he doesn't believe that he can deliver. So yeah, I I think that that's that's really you know exciting. You know, you could you think of like all the uh, all the anticipation for something like Destiny or you know uh, in my world GTA Five um, and how you know that content uh, was such an incredible experience. You know, we get that four star citizen, and then we get to go be in the persistent universe forever after that. So I mean, yeah, it's it's incredible how much. <laughs> they're going to be delivering oh it's just it's and you know if that works out really well there's you know what's to say that you know five years from now they don't do uh squadron 42 two you know i mean so squadron 43 yeah <laughs> that could be i guess that, that depends on how squadron 42 ends <laughs> yeah um and then the last thing that they talked about for the end of next year is the end of 2015 is uh, planet-side expansion into uh, the Persistent Universe Alpha. So that's that's where um, we're going to uh, be able to um, actually go out and uh, do all of the sort of sandboxy things that we've been dreaming about doing um, 
you know, I'll be able to take my ambulance out. And um, uh, so that should, <clears throat> that should begin then. And I'm guessing the way they described alpha before is that it's, it's uh, function complete or functionally complete, but not completing content is that they'll continue to add content, uh, which may mean star systems or space stations or what have you. Um, and then at some point in 2016, we will go into beta um, and then from there, the release of the final game. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. It, exciting times. It is. It was. It was a really, really exciting um, um, show. So, yeah. Um, do you have an alpha pass? I do not. I do not. I got it. Okay. In too so late it for sounds that. like it sounds like you're gonna have to get at least two or three more alpha keys. To oh. get into these these the rest of these modules. Oh really? Oh, I did not know that. Was yeah, it? because because you had you have to buy a five dollar key to get into Arena Commander right now. Yeah, and I think the FPS module and Planet Side, and maybe even the PU Alpha will be a a separate separate modules. Hmm. And you'll probably have to buy another five dollar pass for each one. Oh, they're just bleeding me dry. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I know that I have beta access uh for forever. Um several times yeah. over several times over now with all the ships I've got. But, um uh, Yeah, Alpha was something that they stopped offering a few months ago. Oh. And I think yeah, I think the only way you can't get it now. It's it's impossible to get it. You would have had to buy a package that had it previously. Oh, well, that's like because you got um, lifetime insurance with your first ship, right? Yep, and yeah. Alpha Pass and Beta. Okay, and when did you uh, buy in? I bought in in like the first week of the the whole crowdfunding. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Wow, that, that's interesting. How how did you hear about it? Um, it might have been from Joystick dot com. Okay. They're they're a gaming site. They it's not like uh, like space sims specific. They're just a general gaming site. It's joystick with a Q. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're a pretty nice site. They're uh, actually part of uh, Engadget.com. Huh. Ever seen? Yeah, I've I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think that's where I saw it. Because mm. he was talking about. Uh... They were doing sort of a retrospective on where we were and where we are now. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that October 10th, when the uh, uh, CitizenCon was, was actually the second anniversary of the 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 Kickstarter starting. Uh, does that seem right to you? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Because they talk. They talk about October tenth of two thousand twelve. Them having uh, no backers, no money. Um, but the the thing that was kind of cool about it was, I guess there had been some buzz in the media, and they were getting ready to set up their website. And as part of the testing of the website, they had to drop the firewall at where whatever they were calling Cloud Imperium uh, Imperium offices at that point. And while the firewall was down to test the website, seven people got in and signed up immediately. <laughs> and, oh, wow. And, yeah, and, he, and he's saying that the, the guys that were, were testing the firewall said, do you know who these people are? And they said, uh, no, I guess they're just fans. So 
those those seven people just they 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 really couldn't wait to get in. <laughs> yeah, I remember in that first week the website was getting so many hits that it went down for a few days. Oh wow, wow! Yeah. I think I think he said something like the first day they got ten thousand people or during the some short first period that they had 10,000 people signed up right away. So yeah, that's what uh, day did, did he say was the anniversary? October 10th. Oh, that's, that's the day I got my mercenary LTI package. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you were, you were there day one. Wow. I guess. <laughs> Are you a golden ticket holder? Uh, uh, what is a golden ticket? I don't. I don't know. I, I I hear people talking about being golden ticket holders, and I don't know what that means. Huh. I I think yeah, that sounds familiar, but I can't remember what it is either. Huh. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, before next week's show, we we will either research that or we won't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so let's see. After that, um, uh, there's well. Uh, can't uh, we can't uh, uh, forget that um, uh, in conjunction with with the uh, Citizen Con, there was also the release of the new concept ship, which is the eight ninety jump luxury lot yacht, uh, and, and it's a lot of yacht. Let me tell you, um, it's one hundred and twenty three meters long, um, and it's I'm sure most people have seen pictures of it. It just it looks totally elegant. But yeah. I guess underneath all that elegance, it's a pretty badass ship. It's got some pretty intense weapons on it. Um, this it, is what the Prince of Dubai would fly. Well, that's it's, it's funny that you say that because Chris was saying that it's roughly the same size as Paul Allen's octopus. You know, Paul Allen, the uh, sort of the number two guy at Microsoft for all those years. Oh, uh, yeah. He had, um, in 2003, he... Uh, this ship, the Octopus, was launched, and at the time, it was the largest privately owned yacht in the world. Um, wow. Yeah, hundred and I think it was 127 meters long. Um, it had a 200 million dollar price tag with a per- <laughs> a permanent crew of 60 and an oh annual an annual operating budget of 20 million dollars. 20 Great. million dollars just to keep the thing going. Fantastic. Um, so they, um, uh, the, uh, I know Chris is the one that compared, uh, the 890 jump to, to that ship, but, uh, there are only 300 and, or 3,500 of them to be sold. And they did it in, in flights. And the first flight sold out in something like a minute. It was just crazy fast. And this is at $600 a piece. Um, I checked back on Saturday morning, and there were only, and that was after the final flight had been released, and there were only 900 left, and by Monday they were all gone. So they sold all 3,500 at 600 bucks a piece, and um, you know people want these ships. It's just, yeah. it's just great, and it's which sort of brings up a a, a, a point that I've heard uh, repeated on on a couple of other podcasts. Uh, people talking about, you know, these ships are just are just crazy expensive, you know. And what what does this are is this turning into a um, a, a pay to win kind of game? And I know this isn't we don't normally talk about you know we're mostly talking about what's fun and what's cool, but um, I think that it's kind of uh, uh, 
something that Chris said in response to that during the con, I thought was uh, some important information to get out there. And what he said is the way to think about this is that this is making the game possible. He said, we've moved way beyond what we had originally imagined uh, being able to do. And, you know, this money is coming in and we're not, he's not taking any profits. There's, they're not taking any profits out of the company. It's all going into development. And he said, as long as the money keeps coming in like it is, we keep offering these ships and people keep buying them, we're going to develop more and more content. And he said, and we're not going to run out of things to develop anytime soon because, you know, what we have imagined is is just huge, you know, yeah. and it's all groundbreaking, you know. Yeah. So the thing that people don't understand is, um, yeah, Star Citizen has pulled in uh, – how what what million mark are we at yet? I, I think we're getting pretty close to fifty nine. Okay, so so Star Citizen is around sixty million right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but AAA game games are funded at like two hundred million yeah. and above. Yeah. So I Star Citizen is doing things that AAA games have never done before. And aren't doing yet. Yeah. And people just don't get that it takes a lot of money to do this insane stuff. Yeah, and I think that, and I understand people's people's concern. You know, someone that gets in early and you know they they have you know seventy five or hundred bucks to invest in the game, and they get a really cool ship, and everyone else has a very similar cool ship. But then, as as we move along, more cool ships are offered and they're more expensive and people can't afford to, to get them. And they feel like, you know, Hey, I'm being outclassed here. I'm, I'm being left behind. But I think, and this is something I, um, uh, I heard on, um, this other podcast where they had the information about the cutlass. Um, uh, in addition to what Chris said, it's really important to remember that none of these ships are, um, are OP. It's 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 relative to uh, any other ship. There is no, you know, you're not you're not getting a, a plus, you know, twelve diamond sword. You're you still have to have the skill in order to operate it. And so yeah. it's it's not you're not paying to win. You are paying to participate at a particular level. You know, if you want to if you want to have a racing ship, then you buy a racing ship and you're able to compete. In that, if you don't have a racing ship, you're not going to be able to set the fastest time. You're going to, you may be able to compete with people in the ship that you do have. Um, but um, so anyway, I, I don't want to, I don't want to turn the conversation into into uh, away from the from the fun and the cool. But I think that uh, it's very cool that all this money is being raised, and I am. Uh, very confident that they're putting it to very good use and that in the end it's just going to be an awesome awesome game experience. Yeah, I've never I've never been concerned with the the money going in the wrong places or the game turning into a free to play game because they're trying to <laughs> these the, the guys that are making this game are the people that don't like the free to play models and the AAA publishers and all that stuff. So I just, I don't, I've never been concerned with any of that. Yeah, and I, I think you've, you've got the right, 
you've got the right uh, attitude about it. And, you know, I understand the people that, that are concerned and, uh, I just hope that they can hear what Chris had to say on stage, um, that it's all it's going to do is it's going to make it that much more awesome for all of us. So, yeah. And personally, just for the record, I don't, I don't really play any free to play games at all. And I can't stand that model. Really, the only ones that I play are uh, TF2, which is you. It, TF2 is perfect because you can you can pick up anything that you can buy in the game just randomly by playing it, mm-hmm. and so it it makes it totally optional. And then um, PlanetSide 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think does pretty good with the free-to-play. Um, but I prefer just playing, paying for a game and getting all of the content. Yeah, and you can um, you can get all the content uh, for that $40 Aurora, you know. Yeah. So, and, you know, in-game you can um, uh, build up to uh, to get whatever whatever it is that you want. You know, Chris said that everything that has been sold is going to be available in game to be earned uh or to be purchased using uec so mm-hmm. yep all right excellent 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 so um uh i anyway i i think that the uh the 890 jump is a very cool ship and i think that john you need one in your revel and york hangar mm. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last ship that i care about to be honest <laughs> Yeah, I think it's. I think it sounds kind of neat as like a taxi cab or something. Uh huh. But um, ah, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't work too hard for a ship that's mainly for luxury, unless I could make some real money off of it somehow. Well, that's what you know. They they weren't real specific, but they were saying you know it's it, with the firepower it has and the uh, uh, propulsion that it has. You're going to be able to do a lot more than just you know float and bloat. You know it's going to be, it's going to be a um, it's going to be a ship that you can get some stuff done with and look really cool doing it. So I you know, yeah. if you're if you're if you're into, I mean I have an asteroid hanger. I'm not I'm not really all that, all that into looking good. So um, you know, but anyway, I just when I saw it, I thought I thought of the inside of your you know uh, pristine white hanger and uh, thought you know that's what that's what John needs. <laughs> yeah, that that's funny uh envisioning it in your uh, asteroid hangar. Yeah, that would be boy. <laughs> yeah, let's talk talk about a, a diamond in the rough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then also the as we mentioned already the the cutlass variants are out. Uh the black one which is I guess is going to be going forward what the original cutlass that was offered. I'm not sure when that was originally offered. Uh, but it's going to be the the basic pirate ship um, that's available now for 115 bucks for the the game package. Uh, the uh, ambulance one is the red one, uh, which I mentioned it will fit into the uh, research platform hospital ship. Um, and then the blue one, which is a limited time uh, ship or limited time availability, is going to be uh, sort of the uber tough uh, militia uh, bounty hunter. Uh, variant and uh, some of the stuff that comes with that is pretty cool. You get some uh, some tools, including a shock baton, which will allow you to uh, capture prisoners um, and uh, 
you know, without killing them and, you know, take them back for the reward. So um, I think that that's, a, that's a, a pretty cool ship. It's kind of interesting how the militia variants of these ships, the, the ones with the most firepower, are always the most expensive. Yeah, it's, and and they're always limited availability too, because I think the the freelancer had a militia variant that was only available for a short period of time too. Yeah, I wonder why that is. I mean, that it seems like that would be the sort of thing that people would would want. Yeah, I mean, and I I I don't know. It's you know making it a rare vehicle. I, I don't see. You know, I could see why you might want to make it a rare vehicle if there was a dedicated vehicle to that purpose elsewhere, but. Um, but I, as far as I know, there is not a militia, um, you know, like a police uh, uh, type vehicle. Although I guess the Aurora, there is a there is a militia variant of the Aurora, or is that gone too? Um, militia. I don't think there is a militia of the Aurora. Yeah. There's the. There's the wait militia. Um, what is the LN? That's the Legionnaire. Yeah. Which is, I I always forget what uh, all these words mean. <laughs> this is good, this is going to be really bad if that turns out to be the militia variant because you and I both own one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see here. Aurora LN. Legionnaire model. What does legionnaire mean? I don't that's, know. That's what I need to know. I don't know, but it's it's a it, whatever. When they make the movie, Brad Pitt will be in it. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I think. Well, let's look that up for next week. How's that? Yeah. All right. All <laughs> add right. that to the list. I'll add that to the list for next week. <laughs> um, and uh, speaking of really cool, interesting questions, um, I in this week's uh, say my name, Chris Roberts, I made my fourth attempt to uh, get a question answered by the chairman, and I was once again denied. But I thought this, I thought this was a good question. Um, and this sort of uh, uh, dovetails in what we were talking about uh, with exploration last week. Um, I asked, will the discovery of new stuff as an explorer be player-dependent or uh, persistent universe-wide? For example, will a new player have to venture out to the frontier's edge in order to discover something new and of value, or will everything that is new to the player be valuable and potentially profitable? Um, so, you know, I, you know, I think we had mentioned last week that on the Elite Dangerous podcast, I had heard them uh, discussing uh, the potential of exploration sort of becoming a dead-end profession, that after a while all the low-hanging fruit would be gone and there just wouldn't be anything to do. So... Um, uh, I thought I would ask Chris that, and uh, he, uh, I don't know, he had he had a couple things to do, CitizenCon, uh, PAX Australia, I don't know. It's, he just, for whatever reason, he didn't answer my question. So I'll come up with something cool to ask him for next week, and uh, we'll try, try, try again. It'll happen. I know it. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, uh, John, why don't you talk a, a little bit about what you've been playing? Well... I have been playing the new Borderlands. Really? Yeah. Pre-sequel. How awesome is that? It's it's pretty cool so far. So this one takes place... This one's called Borderlands the Pre-sequel. 
It takes place between the events of Borderlands and Borderlands 2. And <clears throat> so if you've ever looked up to the into the sky in Borderlands, actually I can't remember if it's in Borderlands 1, um, but definitely in Borderlands 2 if you looked up to the sky, there's like a satellite in the shape of an H. And uh, it's like the headquarters of the Hyperion Corporation, which is one of the uh, weapon manufacturers in the game. Mm-hmm. And um, so the game starts out there, and it's being taken over by these people. And uh, you meet up with Handsome Jack, who is uh, the the main antagonist of Borderlands 2. And he's uh, helping you escape, surprisingly. Yeah. Um. So he helps you get off of the Hyperion uh, station, and you get shot to the closest place, which is uh, Elpis, the one of or the moon of Pandora, which is, uh, Pandora is the planet that uh, Borderlands 1 and 2 takes place on. Yeah. So this entire game, as far as I know, takes place on, other than the, the beginning, takes place on the moon. Elpis. So there's low gravity, just like our moon, and no oxygen. Uh, so the new the new dynamic, the new thing is you have to have an Oz kit, an O2 kit, so that you can breathe outside of the indoor areas on the moon. Not if you're a robot. <laughs> yeah, because uh, one of the playable characters is Claptrap this time. Yes. Yeah, and Claptrap... Claptrap is pretty awesome. So yeah, there's four new characters. They all have pretty crazy abilities. And uh, there's a new weapon type, which is lasers. I've only found one so far, but uh, I have a feeling that there's going to be some pretty crazy stuff coming up. Yeah, and we uh, last night we found, uh, right before we logged off, we found what looked like a really cool hovercraft type thing that uh, I think we're going to be able to fly in. So... Yeah, and it, it looks like a single-seater. Oh, well. Which, which is uh, new to Borderlands. Although, you got something similar to that in Destiny, don't you? Yeah, the uh, Sparrow speeder bike thing. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I've, um, um, I think what we're like level 8 now, level 9 or something like that. Um, and uh, I'm just, I'm, I've been having a blast. I, I, I love playing Claptrap. Um, I also started... Uh, uh, Wilhelm, uh, who, if you've played Borderlands 2, uh, is a cyborg, um, a complete cyborg at that point. Um, and, but now he's only partially robotic, but uh, he's got some pretty cool skills. And um, it's just, it's, it's a good time. It's a good time. And it's, you know, in the midst of all these early access and alpha games, it's, it's kind of cool to have something that's, uh, you know, just ready to go. And, you know, you don't have to worry about... Uh, things crashing on you you just play yeah the the game is kind of interesting because it's it's almost like a just like a big expansion pack for borderlands 2 because it's like the exact same engine that it looks exactly the same which isn't bad because borderlands already looks fantastic i love the look of it um but there's just you know there's the new the new dynamic with the the oxygen totally new atmosphere uh in two senses of that <laughs> word i guess um you know there's just tons of new stuff four new characters 
So yeah, it's gonna be a, a ton of fun. I haven't played a ton yet, but yeah, I can't I can't wait to to play it over the next few months. Yeah, yeah, and it's I know they've already offered the uh, season pass on Steam, so um, I'm I'm hoping that means that there's gonna be lots of uh, lots more Borderland goodness uh, as we roll into the holidays. Yeah, they really went crazy with the DLC on Borderlands too. Yeah. Did, did we finish uh, the final uh, DLC in Borderlands 2 since last time we uh, recorded? We might have. We we did the Son of Cromerax. Yeah, that was the, the, the end of uh, the final uh, episode in Borderlands 2. So um, that, was a, that was a fun way to sort of transition into the pre-sequel. Sort of. Yeah. We, we went back to the future. No, we went the other way. I, uh, <laughs> anyway, it's it's uh it's been a lot of fun. So you've been uh, I know you've been playing some other stuff because I've been watching you stream it. Yeah, I play. I've been still been playing some uh, Super Smash Bros. Um, I actually have a another tournament coming up this Friday. Um, so if you want to get in on some Super Smash Bros. 3DS tournament fun, then you can uh, come join us at. Uh, twitch.tv slash the only john connor um but other than that i played pretty much the only other thing i played was a game called the vanishing of ethan carter which is kind of a horror like adventure first person adventure game um the ending was kind of disappointing but but uh i guess maybe if you have the patience which i don't to uh figure out all of the the different areas and puzzles and stuff then 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 it might be might be more enjoyable but i spent a long time trying to figure out how to finish the game and uh uh it was kind of irritating yeah yeah that happens but yeah it's like 20 bucks on steam um so yeah, it's it's worth checking out. There's some interesting stuff that happens in it, but yeah, yeah. it was fun watching you play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I've done it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I think uh, speaking of scary games, I think uh, Nick from uh, Heroes Tavern is also playing a really scary game right now. Yeah, he's playing The Evil Within. Just came out on Tuesday. Yeah, that looks that looks really scary. <laughs> yeah, he's uh. Nick is um he's he's not too great with uh scary games. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes for great viewing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, actually his uh Twitch viewers funded the game for him. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow, we want to watch you be scared. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. I've been uh, playing, as uh, as John mentioned, I've been playing the Borderlands pre-sequel and also a little bit of Murray Cup. I got my uh, best lap time down to a fairly respectable level, and someday when uh, the leaderboards get updated or working, um, you'll be able to go out there and see that. Um, and I'll be able to prove it to the world instead of just saying, you know, oh, it was this long, you know. <laughs> um, and... Uh, Last week we did mention that uh, I was going to uh, take a look at Elite Dangerous, you know, because we had the conversation about exploring, and I did. And um, you know, it's just I don't. Um, I the game is just visually really really stunning, uh, but I'm I'm finding the gameplay to be just a little bit too grindy. 
Um, it's um, I I doesn't I can't uh, I can't stay engaged for very long because it just seems, you know, like uh, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. You know, it's just not um, it's not really um, holding my uh, my interest too much. And what kind of concerns me is that they've gone through they've gone from beta two or from beta one to beta two recently, and there was a complete wipe. So any progress you had made went away. And I understand why they need to do that, and um, and I think that's good. Um, but they're talking about going to beta three at the end of this month, which means, which I'm guessing is going to mean another wipe. And so I think kind of where I'm at right now is I'll check in every once in a while, but um, especially now with Borderlands out, any any uh, non-star citizen time I have. Um, I'm going to have plenty of other stuff to do with it. So um, I'm really looking forward to uh, to the actual release. I hope there's going to be some more mission-type stuff uh, in Elite Dangerous. But um, for right now, I, I think I've kind of seen what there is. And, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's good, but it's, you know, maybe it's just not for me. Do they have a rough release date? For the final thing, I don't know. For the final game, I don't know. Um, but for the, uh, for the third beta... Um, it's supposed to be coming up at the end of this month. And well, it it would be neat if um, once they get some good content in there, if it's uh, out, you know, a long time before Star Citizen, be a a good stopgap before the PU comes out. Yeah, I think once, um, um, and I think we we mentioned this last week that uh, they're not going to have multi crew ships in the initial release. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be in a um, an expansion pack somewhere down the road. So, you know, that kind of makes it hard to, to play with people, you know, or at least, you know, in the context of, uh, of what we have, we're expecting from Star Citizen. And I don't, I don't want to be unfair. I don't want to compare uh, that game to Star Citizen because I think that they're, though they are both space sims, that they're, they're, they're aiming at different targets. You know, they're not, not trying to do the, the, the same thing. Um, I think that yeah. that Elite Dangerous is building off of a, a very, very rich legacy um, and uh, doing a really good job of that, um, whereas Star Citizen is, is you know, just uh, kind of a, a lot of uh, unknowns and uh, really, really cool expectations. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I agree, you know, and once the game comes out, I think also the price is, is dropping to like 59 bucks or you can get the release edition now for 59 bucks. So it's, um, you know, so oh, you can get it now you can pre-order pre-order now. Oh, okay. Um, but to play now you have to get the $75 package. Correct. The, the beta package. Yeah. That's oh. the thing that's kind of holding me back. Yeah. It's, um, um, yeah, I just, um. I don't know. That's, there's just too much stuff going on right now. But uh, um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm not giving up. I'm just going to set it aside for a little while. Yep. So I think that's about it. Uh, you got anything else, John? No. Nope. Uh, next week we'll be back with our regular format. Um, we just wanted to focus on CitizenCon this week, just because there was so much cool stuff. And uh, even as uh, we were getting ready for today's show. We've seen there's there's a bunch more stuff coming out to RSI website, so we'll uh, discuss all of that next week and and um, look forward to doing so. Um, in the meantime, uh, I am Gleep, and you can find me in the Those Guys with Ship Star Citizen organization. Go check us out. Um, and also uh, in the forums, and that's Gleep with, spelled with threes, uh, G-L-3-3-P, 
Uh, on Twitter, I am at HouseGleep uh, with E's instead of threes. And then again, <laughs> I know yeah. I, make, I make this a lot harder than it has to be. And then um, uh, again with the threes on Steam. So, um, you know, if you are listening to this and you're uh, into the uh, Borderlands, uh, please uh, come, uh, come check us out on Steam or uh, come watch us on uh, John's uh, Twitch channel. Joe? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and uh, Steam at uh, the Only Jonto. Then you can find, like Leap said, my Twitch and YouTube channel at the Only John Connor, where I will try to be streaming some uh, Star Citizen Arena Commander here in the upcoming week. Hopefully, we can uh, get in there with Gleep and do some some shooting and racing. Uh, running away scared i like that that's good <laughs> yeah so uh yeah and then uh you can find the show at theversecast at gmail.com uh you can follow us on twitter at versecast you can contact us at either of those places with questions comments feedback whatever um then you can find our uh our organization those guys with ships at robertspaceindustries.com slash orgs slash versecast. Anyone can can join us and be one of those guys with ships. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and then uh, we would really appreciate it if you reviewed us on iTunes. You know, just leave leave a star rating, uh, whatever you think we deserve, and then say, Yay! <laughs> those guys with ships or something yeah yeah show us a little love <laughs> yeah uh so that about wraps it up i guess we'll uh see him next week hopefully caleb again will be able to join us um so this has been the verse cast episode four and we will see you in the verse good night everybody <laughs>